Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Power Your Life, and I'm Joanne White, your host, and it's a pleasure to be here today. So many of us have beautiful goals and dreams and and things that we want to do in life and in our businesses and even in our relationships with others, and yet there is something or some things that get in our way that stop us from realizing these goals, which can be not so much fun and also frustrating. So we have the answer today. I have a wonderful guest, David Zapisodi, who is a motivational speaker, a fitness training professional, international best-selling author, and the creator of the Empowered Health Program. For 20-plus years, his innovative approach to health and fitness has reached tens of thousands of people and helped to transform lives. At the heart of David's approach is his belief in the beauty and greatness of the human spirit. His mission is to bring clarity to the interconnectedness of life and inspire transformation through a greater understanding of the essence of health and what it takes for us to be successful with our health and other goals. Best-selling author of A Movable Heart, Unstoppable Mind, David guides you to the holistic health of your mind, body, and spirit that can and will result in long-lasting health and fulfillment. He's been a valued guest on many TV and radio outlets as Fox 11, ABC, Tuscan's The Morning Blend Show, and Wellness Force Radio, sharing how we, how you, can optimize your health and wellness goals. Welcome, David Zapazotti. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. So let's just get really down to it. What, why do we have these goals, and, and many of us just really know what we want, and yet something prevents us or, or stands in the way, and it's usually something within ourselves, not necessarily something external. So what do we do? What do we need that, that will move us along and, and help us to get to the places where we want to be with our goals? Well, for me, you know, in my in my years of experience and working with people and seeing a lot of people not having success with their goals, but also seeing the patterns in people that have had success, I've come to realize that the famous saying uh, is true. The famous saying that says that it's best to focus on the journey rather than the destination. So that's really what I do. I mean, when, when we hear that, you know, a lot of us, when we hear that, it's best to focus on the journey rather than the destination. It rings true. There's something within us that we can tell there's something. It's pointing to a truth that we're missing, but we're not applying it. When we're focused on our goals, especially when we're stuck, it's because we're fixated on trying to get to some place in the future, and we feel like we need to get there in order to be happy. 
that ultimately is what causes us to become stuck. Um, when we see our goal as a future achievement, what it does is because that, that place is in the future, it makes it feel like it's a more ideal place. It's a more, um, you know, beneficial place than where we are now. And what that does is it makes now feel unfulfilling in some way, right? I mean, that's what the word fulfilled means. It means filled to the full. We can't be filled to the full in this moment if we see the future as being better than where we are now. So when we see our goal in that way as a future thing, it makes now feel less fulfilling. And then what that does is it's sort of like Newton's law, you know, the one that says that an object in motion tends to stay in motion. Once we right. start with an initial perspective, once we start with an initial perspective that makes now feel unfulfilling, this causes us to then look for solutions and follow programs and take actions all in ways that keep the momentum of that pattern going, that makes sure that now continues to feel unfulfilling. This is why we feel like we need to struggle and limit ourselves and restrict ourselves in order to get to this future place where we can then finally be happy. It doesn't work that way. That's why the vast, vast majority of people that have goals do not have success with them. And I'm a health professional, but this is in any area. Less than 3% of people have long-term success with their goals, whether it's in health, whether it's in relationships, or whether it's in their career or money or anything. The percentages are very, very small across the board. And it all has to do with, <clears throat> excuse me, the fact that we're focused on getting to the future and we're neglecting the present moment. So um, I'm, I'm hearing listeners in my head and saying, well, that's great, you know, focus on the present and, and think about the present in a more upbeat way. But what if the present is frustrating? What if the present isn't bringing to an individual or a business or whatever what they want and what they've been kind of pushing towards for, for maybe even for a long time? How do they shift that? in their mind to make the present feel more more positive, more fulfilling, and more exciting? Absolutely. That's a, that's a great question, and I know that's the, the logical follow-up to what I just talked about, because I definitely don't um, recommend for people to avoid the feelings that they're feeling in the, in the present moment. If they feel frustrated, if they feel stuck, if they feel unhappy in some way, it's important to honor that. But there are things that we can do to move beyond that. So basically, I'm going to take you through sort of the, the process of how I work with people with their goals. The first thing is, right. is the what. What is the, the concrete, measurable goal that they have? Most people that I work with want to lose weight. So I'm just going to use that as an example. But this really applies to any type of goal that we have. So let's say a person wants to lose 40 pounds. Okay, the next thing I, I get into after the what, that's their what. It's a concrete, measurable thing, though, losing 40 pounds. The next part is their why. Why is the goal important for them? Now, at this point, different people are going to give different answers based on what their priorities and their values are in their own life. Some people want to lose weight because they want to look at it at the beach, wear a two-piece bathing suit. Others want to be able to play with their kids outside and be able to run around, and they're not able to right now. So what I do is I have people write down 15 to 20 different ways that their life will change through having success with their goals. So they are in the future imagining what will happen when they've had success with it. And this is the important thing. These changes need to bring about positive emotions. When we're stuck, it's hard to do that. Most people, when they're stuck, if I ask them why do you want to lose weight, they say something like, 
well, I don't want to be, you know, over fat and sloppy and lazy or, you know, something along those lines. Anymore, they talk negatively about themselves. They beat themselves up. That doesn't bring about positive emotions. It has to be something along the lines of, I'd feel thin. I'd be able to, you know, move more easily. I'd be able to play with my kids. It has to be something that's exciting. So this is a challenging part for a lot of people. That's why in the program I've created, I went through a lot of, like, detailed steps in helping people to break through these patterns and get into what's exciting for them. I have them write down 15 to 20 and then narrow it down to their top 10. And what I have them do is for those top 10, I have them write down the emotion that those things would bring. So if they want to play with their kids outside, maybe that brings more of a sense. If they feel like they'd be able to wear a two-piece bathing suit at the beach, maybe that brings about feelings of being attractive or feelings of freedom. Freedom is a big one for a lot of people wanting to lose weight. So then what we do is once we find out what these goal emotions are, this is the key to it. We set up strategies in how we're working on the goal right now that reinforce those goal emotions. So, for example, if a person wants to lose weight and they want to lose it because ultimately they want to feel more freedom, freedom is their real goal, whereas the weight loss is sort of the representation of what that freedom means to them. If they want to lose, if they want to gain freedom, restricting them is on a regular basis, day in and day out, making them feel restricted and limited does not bring freedom later on. It brings more restriction. It brings more limitation, which once again is why so many people don't have success with their goals. So, for example, like with nutrition, most people cut foods out of their diet. The first thing they think of when they're getting on a nutrition plan is, what do I need to cut out of their diet? Caloric restriction, portion control, eliminating unhealthy foods. These types of, of uh, practices are very, very common. But as we said, most people don't have success with them. So what I've done over the last few years, I've actually had no one cut foods out of their diet. I've had way better results with that. All I have people do is add in beneficial foods week after week consistently as a habitual, you know, pattern. We start with one thing, and it'll be something easy that they can do that's manageable. We decide on it together. They do it for a whole week, and then they maintain that habit the next week while we add in something else. Maybe it's a whole food supplement or a superfood or add a vegetable in every meal, something along those lines where we keep adding things in. And what ends up happening with my clients is that they end up dropping off the unhealthy stuff naturally, and it's a lot easier for them because we're not so obsessed and fixated and focused on them and giving them our attention and energy, which actually keeps them alive and even stronger, even if we go for long periods without eating them. So that's an example. So let me interject for a moment and and just kind of reiterate for for our listeners. So basically it's about focusing on, in the present, focusing on the the positive or the energizing or the the exciting aspects of, if it's weight loss, of whatever that goal is. And then as they're outlining the the reasons why, these positive reasons why, then it – like you were talking about weight loss. It's not about, like you're saying, it's not about focusing on the, and I don't like using negative and positive, but I'm going to use it here, Be, you know, on, on the less positive ways. And, and you said it just happens, and they're focusing on the positive and they're adding things. It seems to slip away or fall away in it naturally. Is that correct? Did I get it right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, it's it's very much like uh, Pavlov's 
dogs, his conditioning with dogs, where he would ring the bell and then he'd give them food. He'd ring the bell, give them food. He kept doing that over and over. And then eventually he would ring the bell and they would be salivating even if there wasn't food there because they they associated the ringing of the bell with food just because they were stimulus that were in close proximation to each other. They were close together in timing, so they associated them with each other. So what ends up happening is when we get into a pattern of working on our goals, you know, for my, my people, what I have them do is I have them read their goal and the way that their life will change and get themselves into an excited state right before getting into taking action. So that way what's happening is that they're, they're doing the same thing that Pavlov did with the dog. Our conditioning is no different from dogs. We just do it in a little bit more complicated way. Um, but when we, when we have that stimulus, where it gets us excited and then we take action, whether it's eating or whether it's exercise or whether it's working on our business or whatever it is, it helps us to be more effective and more clear and have a better sense of direction with what we're doing. And our, our actions are much more effective because of that. So the object is to be, the object is to be pumped up about realizing that goal and getting all the excitement engendered in, in, in that, in, you know, even before, like you're saying, so that, so that it really brings that goal to life in a, in a beautiful way. I love that idea. Yeah, we're literally changing our conditioning around it. Now, that doesn't mean that it's always easy. You know, like even I, I have challenges with my goals. We're all going to have challenges with our goals as long as we're committed to growth because growth means that we're ready to get out of our comfort zone, move to a new place, and that's always going to bring about some discomfort. So I do talk with people about how to deal with those challenges when they come up as well. They're not easy. You know, their challenges are, are challenges because they're not easy. So there are things that I have people do to work on those. I've, I try to work on both ends of the spectrum. I try to work on the conditioning of getting them into an inspired place before taking action so that over time, over and over and over again, inspiration, action, inspiration, action, over time, they're starting to love the process. They're starting to love the journey, and they're not so dependent on getting to the destination in order to finally be You know, that's that's really so important is loving the journey and and being excited about the journey. I mean, it's great to to realize your goal, but might as well have fun doing it, right? Absolutely. (laughs) So that's great. When I I put people in a program, I try to show them that it's not – the program is not supposed to be a vehicle to a future destination. The program is more of a catalyst in working with your, our goals, sort of like a seed blossoms into a flower. The, the seed, you know, before you even plant it in the ground, it already has a flower contained within it. The, seed, the flower isn't something that the seed was missing in its life that it needs to get in order to be filled. It already has it. It's just through a process of cultivation that it's able to come out. And just like that, our goals are within us right now. We might not see them. We might feel like we're down on ourselves or beating ourselves up or you know, our greatness might have been hidden for years or maybe even for our whole life, but it is still there. And it's just a matter of changing our approach to how we're working on things. The, the issue isn't that we don't have enough willpower or that we're not capable or that we're not strong enough or we don't have greatness. We do have that greatness. It's just a matter of some simple shifts in how we're working. The difficult thing is, about this is being willing to change our conditioning. That's that's really the big challenge. If we're willing to do that, we can be successful with what we're doing. 
So let's talk about conditioning for a minute because that gets so many people in trouble. They get sort of fixed in a pattern, in a way of doing things, even if it doesn't work, and you mentioned getting out of their comfort zone, but even if it doesn't work, that's the pattern. Maybe they learned that from other people or that's just what they they know. Maybe they got that from family, whatever it is, and they continue to stick to that. How do you get them to shift from that old conditioning from, you know, to, to be able to create a new pattern when there, there may be so much resistance? Small steps. I just look at where they are right now. I really get into what, what they're going through at this point and then just give them incremental steps to go through it. And my program, you know, I created my program purposely because pretty much everything I talk about goes completely against the grain of what you typically see when working on our goals. We talk about, like, setting timelines. I don't actually set timelines for my own goals. Um, and I have success with them way quicker than I ever did before when I did set timelines. I'm not saying that people shouldn't set timelines. For certain people like me, it puts an undue pressure on us, and it makes the journey unfulfilling. So basically, my number one priority is to bring more fulfillment to the journey, no matter what that looks like. That is the number one thing that I'm committed to. If a person needs to not cut foods out of their diet, I don't cut foods out of their diet. If they need to not set a timeline on their goal, I don't set a timeline on their goal. I tell people when I first start working with them that I am not here to get you to your goal as quickly as possible. My goal is to help you to enjoy the journey, and it's more about having long-term success than quick success because quick success, when we have quick success, there's also a quick backsliding in most cases, whereas when we do it in a way that is actually sustainable and enjoyable, that's something that can bring lifelong change. So really in the beginning, it's a lot of like discussing the principles, these principles so that people can see, you know what, there is a different way to go about it. My, my audience, my specific people that I target to work with me are specifically people that have felt frustrated, like really frustrated and stuck for over five years. Those are the people that I wow. look to work with. What's that? Let me ask you this question because there are people who – who do, like you said, do want a quick fix, and that's what they want, and they'll they'll follow. We'll go with the weight loss thing for a minute. They'll follow programs that promise you'll lose 10 pounds in a week or two weeks, and, and they go with it. And like you said, it backslides, and maybe they do, but then they go right back to their old patterning. How do right. you get people to recognize that that, that quick fix isn't, optimal and really won't help them, like you said, sustain their goal and hence their fulfillment. I don't get them to. Some people aren't ready to to see that yet. I mean, that's why I was saying that I work with people that are typically over five years of frustration because there are going to be people that are looking for that quick fix and it doesn't matter how much I know or how clearly I can articulate it and explain things to them they're going to look for it because they haven't been frustrated long enough to, to, to be open to a different type of, of way. So, you know, it's, it's a matter like if I try to change everyone's perspective on it, that's something that's out of my control. Um, I, what I do is I make sure that I market myself in the most accurate way to show people like this is what this is about. And the people that, are, that resonate with what I'm saying are going to be drawn to it, and the people that aren't are not. I don't try to, to get them to see something different. The people that are ready for it, I just go into these things. I explain that, you know, 
the real issue is in how we're looking at our goals before we even start taking action and then give them concrete step-by-step, um, you know, understanding of how to go about reversing this process instead of projecting a goal out into the future. We look at it in the future and then we bring it back into the present moment. We bring that conditioning into our everyday life right now. And like I said, it starts off small. I mean, and, and there's no, there's no easy um, clear way for me to answer your question that's applicable to everyone because it really is a case-by-case basis. The, the, the overall practice is the same for everyone, but the way that we all go about it is different. I look at it like um, we're all stained glass. We all have the same <laughs> exact light shining through us, but every piece of stained glass is different, and it reflects that light differently. So we all have the same greatness flowing through us, but we're all be able to show that greatness in our own unique and special ways. So we're all in the same boat together, but we're also all significant and unique and different as well. Um, so I talk. I love that about- analogy, and I have a question based on on what you just said. So if people are signing up for empowered your empowered health program, because you said that it's that a lot of it is on a on individual basis in terms of what their needs are, is it set up? individualized in some way? Is there a group piece to it? How, do, how does this program work so that it does, like you said, get to the the individual peculiarities or, or specialities that they'll, they'll need plus also the, you know, universality to it? Sure. And um, I don't want to, like, sound silly, but I'll, I'll explain my program real quick. With it, basically, there's two components to it. The first is the Empowered Health Program, which is uh, an online into digital program. It's over six hours of modules that goes through all of this. It works on the reconditioning of the way we look at our goals. It goes through a new goal-setting process that I've, I've created that facilitates focusing on the journey, and then it gives strategies. The strategies are also already built into it to help people to be able to focus on that new conditioning of getting inspired, taking action, the people I work with rate themselves on an inspiration scale after taking their action. Not so. Fo- I mean, they they'll still weigh themselves. They'll still do their other quantifiable measurements that they want to do. But they also, as they take their action, afterwards they rate themselves on an inspiration scale how inspired they were at the end of the activity. And when they know that they're going to rate themselves on that, it changes their behavior in the beginning of the activity. So that's the program part. That's some. Those are the modules I have people go through that. And then as they have questions about that, I have a private Facebook community just for people that are on the program. It's a monthly membership. And then they can come on there and they can ask me questions as they, as they go through the module. And I can, you know, answer their questions or do Facebook lives or do whatever we need to do to help them. You so know, I love the, right. I love the fact that you talk about having, having the participants rate what they're doing on on how they feel or they on on what on the inspirational factor with it because that's that, like you said earlier David and and what I also believe to be true that helps people maintain that sense of excitement and not want to give up and it keep continues to keep them pumped up to continue so bravo for that because i think that that that's a very important piece that a lot of programs are missing yeah absolutely well most programs are very focused on the quantitative measurement. They're focused on because they need to show people like that they can get results 
and it has to be quantifiable results or else they lose credibility, people lose faith in it. I, right from the beginning, tell people, like, listen, I am not here trying to get you quick, quantifiable results as quickly as possible. If you need that proof, go do something else. Go do another program that's focused on that kind of thing. It's not that I'm against quantifiable measurements. It's not that I don't use them with people. It's that I don't rely heavily on them because what ends up happening is that people, their emotional state is based on what the numbers say. And that's a big problem because then we become like a human ping pong ball. With weights down, we feel great. With the weights up, we feel bad. And it goes up and down. And that's a, it's natural for that to happen anyway. When we're, when we're having success, whether it's with weight loss or with our career or whatever, there's always going to be ups and downs. There's always going to be ups and downs, no matter how much progress we're making. It's not a linear progression. So that's a big part of it is, is uh, you know, working on that inspiration part so that that helps to get people more into the present moment and not so focused on their mind on the things that they expect, the way that they expect that their progress should go and st- instead being focused on the way that progress is actually going. You know, I also think it's it's important, you just said something, that our goal, that there are cycles to it. So things things can go up and things can go down. And what happens, I've seen in people, is that when things go down, their level of frustration goes up. And it's almost like it becomes circular. They keep reproducing or producing that same sequence over and over again. And and they get so down on themselves and so discouraged that they don't want to continue. But the way that you're suggesting is is for me more inspiring and gives people that that uplifting feeling. And also isn't you know because people when when people are in the down cycle of let's we'll talk about weight again losing weight they they start getting. They start being self-critical, and they they start thinking, "What's wrong with me?" and and they get into that, and they get fixated on that, and that even creates more of a down, you know, a downward spiral. So, so I think it's great. Let's talk about your book, "A Movable sure. Heart, Unstoppable Mind." I love the title. Thank you. <laughs> So tell people a little bit about what's in this great book and because it, it's focused on health, holistic health of your mind, body, and spirit, with, which is very important to, I know, to me and to you and to so many people, and that's really what makes us up. So share with our listeners about this incredible book. Okay, so first off, the whole book is about focusing on the journey. That's the entire book literally is about what we're talking about here. Um, and what I do in that book is I talk about what I consider to be the six essential practices for living a healthy and fulfilling life. Whether your goals are about health or any other area, it doesn't matter. So those six practices, and they're not like normal practices. They're not practices that people would typically attribute to health. But when you look at it from more of a process, so like a journey approach rather than the destination, the, the rules of the game change, so to speak. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a minute. So the six practices are generosity, integrity, patience, inspired action, mindfulness, and commitment. Now, I know when people hear that, they're like, generosity, what does that have to do with, with health? That has everything to do with health. Generosity is the key to counteracting obesity. And so let me explain what I mean by that, because I, I, we, I, I know we don't have time to go through 
practices. So, so let me just get into generosity a little bit to explain sure. how this all works. And then um, we can go as far as you want to in, in the other ones with how much time we have left. Good. Let's sure. do generosity. So, I occur. I, I, I think it's really important. Okay. So to begin with, you know how we were talking about that our goal, instead of seeing it as a future thing, we bring it back into the present moment and we focus on the, on the journey that we're taking and being fulfilled there. Well, what I do, that's one part of what I do with people, is to look at the goal instead of a destination as the journey. I do the same thing with obstacles as well. So now this one is like Newton's third law, that if for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. When we share a goal of a future thing, as something that we need to get to, we see our obstacles as something as a, as a state or a destination that we're trying to get away from. So I also take our obstacles and bring them back into the moment, the, the journey as well. So obesity is an example of that. Obesity is one of the three fundamental obstacles of health, or really one of the three fundamental obstacles of life. And obesity, when most people hear the word obesity, they think of it a destination meaning that they, they think of like a body that's physically overweight. It's a specific state or condition that the body's in. That's what I mean by a destination. So the question is, what is the process of obesity? What is the process that is occurring or the pattern of living that brings about that state to begin with, that arises, that, that even allows the state to arise to begin with? And the process, very simply, is one of holding on to more than what we need, Right? I mean, the only way that a body can become physically overweight is if it's holding on to more than what it's letting go of, holding on to more than what it needs. That makes sense, right? right? But here's the interesting thing. This happens in all different areas of life. We all deal with obesity. Every single person on this planet holds on to more than what they need in some form or another. And not only do we all do it, the symptoms are the same for every single one of us. For example, most people that are overweight that are obese, complain, and I know this from years of working with them, complain that they feel restricted in their body, like they're limited by what they can do, like they're not able to really be themselves. But guess what? That's the exact same complaint of someone who's in a dysfunctional relationship. When we hold on to more than what we need there, when we hold on to past baggage and resentments and grudges and we have a hard time forgiving others, it makes us feel restricted in our relationship, like we're limited by what we can do, like we can't really be ourselves. Now with our partner, It's the same symptoms, but it's just a different area of life that is showing up. It's like the stained glass I was talking about. We all shine the same light, but we all deal with the same challenges, but we deal with them in our own unique way. Some people, it shows up in their body. Some people, it shows up in their relationships. Some people, it shows up with challenges with work or challenges with money, limiting beliefs around money that hold them back. You know, it it shows up in all different areas. So generosity is the process-focused practice that helps to counteract obesity. Because whereas obesity is a, is a pattern of holding on to more than what we need, I define generosity. Generosity to me is more than just like giving a gift, which is what most people are thinking of. Generosity is about a, a letting go or a separation or a parting of ways with ease or joy that is done with no expectation for a return. So generosity is about Isn't it also go. recognizing that, that we have that sense of fullness, whatever, in whether it's, it's in food or in a relate, you know, so that we can see it differently? I'm sorry, a sense of, a sense of what? I, I didn't hear a that. Sense, 
that we recognize generosity that it that we reckon that it's a sense of fullness so somebody that's constantly trying to to eat more than they need or whatever fill themselves up but if they already feel a sense of fullness or that they don't need to do that that they does that make sense or no yeah, but um, that would actually be in the second practice of integrity, which is the complement okay. to generosity. You can't have generosity without integrity, and you can't have integrity yeah. without generosity. When you give to someone, and that brings up a strong feeling in you, a positive feeling, that's a feeling of integrity. I define integrity as a, a connecting or a coming together. It's the opposite of generosity. Generosity is a separating or a parting of ways of what's no longer needed, and that oftentimes is benefiting other people by giving that. Um, so it does show up in gifts, but it shows up in other ways, too. I consider detoxification as a form of generosity. I consider forgiving others as a form of generosity. In fact, the word give is in forgiveness. So you know that there's a generosity component to it. So when we do that, when we, for example, forgive others, and by the way, I've seen people that have not been able to lose weight until they've forgiven others. I've seen other people who have lost weight by clearing out their house of what's no longer needed. When we get into the practice of generosity, this is where it becomes more about the interconnectedness of life. I help people to let go of things in all different areas, whether it's in forgiveness. Actually, in my program, I give, I give guidelines for how to forgive people because most people have no idea what that actually means or what it – just saying, like, I forgive you doesn't really mean that you're forgiving someone. There's actually a process to forgiveness. But when we do those things, when we let go of those things and we release that baggage, that lightness that we feel – is integrity, so that's that's uh, what, what I how I, how I specifically define it. You know, and you're so right about forgiveness in terms of people not people being able to get get so stuck or not being able to fulfill their goals because they get so stuck in not forgiving. They're holding on to anger or whatever it is, and and they just won't let go. We are moving a little bit out of time here, but I wanted you to give our listeners, David. Something that they could do right now, something, you know, something we, you and I leave and, and I, before people actually check out your program, which they need to, Empowered Health Program, and get this wonderful book, what could they do in the meantime? What's something that, that somebody can do right now after they stop listening to you and me and, and start moving along the journey? Here's, here's typically one of the first things that I recommend to people is when they're working on their goals, this has to do with generosity. Make their goal bigger than themselves. So if a person wants to lose weight or they want to build a business or whatever it is, make that goal bigger than them. Make it about being of value to somebody else in some way or another. The more that we can include others in our goal, the more powerful they become. For example, with people that want to lose weight, I've worked with a lot of people that uh, they get to a point where um, they were struggling with discipline for years. Then they join a sports team, um, and they are going to be held accountable. And then all of a sudden, the weight starts flying off because they couldn't find the discipline for themselves, but there was no per reason, there was no way they were going to be the slow person that held the rest of the team back. That is actually wow. a form of generosity because we're, we're looking to contribute to something other than just our own self-interest. We're looking to to influence others in some way, be a support or, a, a, you know, a help in, on the team, a contributor to the team. Other people 
want to lose weight and then they weren't able to really get the motivation until they saw their kids eating unhealthy and they were like, oh, no, we're not going to have that. They want to be a role model, then they're able to lose the weight. I've had a lot of people that wanted to become health professionals. I've trained people that wanted to become trainers, that wanted to become health professionals and did. And oftentimes, you know, those people, like, they'll, they'll start off the first session, like, I want to lose the weight and I want to do what you're doing. I want to help people that are struggling with what I'm struggling and help them to make changes and change their life. Those people typically have success not because their goal, not because they are stronger than other people, but because their goal includes other people. That's why many health professionals are their own first success story. You hear about a lot of trainers and nutritionists that were overweight themselves. They lose the weight, and now they're helping other people to do it. They were able to do. They were able to have success with their goal in the beginning. Not like I said, not because they were stronger than other people, but because their goal included other people. That's typically the first thing I, I talk with people about when working on their goal. So I would say. Start thinking about how your goal is about bigger is about more than just you, because when we feel stuck, we're very narrow. We're focused on ourselves about what's holding us back, what's frustrating us, the challenging things that we can't do in our own life that we want to be able to do. It's all about us. The more and more stuck we are, the more we're we're singularly focused on ourselves. It's very difficult when we're stuck to be focused on other people, but that's part of getting out of our comfort zone. If we want to move out of being stuck. We need to be able to move beyond our own self-absorption, being selfish. You know, that's literally so, being that's, focused on the self. Right. That that's right. so important to be able to focus on on more than ourselves, and it it creates a actually a better world in my mind because it's not just so individualized, but you're extending it and expanding it in some way to help others to extend it to others. So that's beautiful. David, we're running out of time, and I want our listeners to be able to find you and to get more information about how they can obtain the book and and sign up for the Empowered Health Program. So share that with us, please. Absolutely. My website is empoweredhealthnow.com. That's empoweredhealthnow.com. Right when you go on there, there's a a thing, there's a, a button for a free training. If you watch that free training, that it's about the number one key to a weight loss breakthrough. It's about more than weight loss, but that tra- training will actually um, share more about my program and my membership and all that kind of stuff for those that are interested. Also, on empoweredhealthnow.com, my book is there, and I I actually don't make money on my book by selling it there. I give it away at cost. It's like nine ninety five On Amazon, it's $14.50. Um, I want to get people, uh, you know, the the opportunity to read it for as little as possible. So that's my cost is nine ninety five. Once again, make no money on it, but you can get it on empoweredhealthnow.com. Wonderful. David, thanks so much. I love your approach, and it's wonderful that people can be on a journey, can get excited about their goals, and bring them into the present and utilize your steps at, that are outlined in the book and the generosity and the integrity, and there, there are more. Thanks so much for doing all that you do to help so many people. Thank you. It's, it's such an honor to be here. It was a great, great time talking with you. My pleasure. Have a blessed day. You too. Thanks. So think about what David 
this episode, he said, because it does, it's not necessarily about weight loss, but about your goals and bringing those goals into the present, getting excited about them, and embracing the journey. It can be a beautiful journey if you're fulfilling those, that, those goals with excitement and, and really a sense of commitment. And also, I love the fact, and I said that, of really extending it out further than just you. It's not just about you. And as David so beautifully said, when you do that, I'm going to say magic, but it's magic happens. But it's not really magic. It just helps you realize your goals even more so and maybe quicker. So thanks for that. And think about who you are. You have the ability. You have the power, which is why we call it Power Your Life, to realize your goals, to get excited about your journey, and to take a step right now, as David said, do something right now to begin that process so that you feel really good about you. Next week, we have Mitchell Levy, who is going to talk about how to be a successful author and entrepreneur. He's been on the show so we're going to welcome him back again. That's August 9th. And if you miss anything of this show today, you can go to my website, docwhite.org, or go to Blog Talk Radio and listen to David's episode and find out how you can realize your goals now. Have a blessed day wherever you are, and thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.